Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk, home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk, whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk, and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ollie told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble. Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swamp Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm freaking pumped, man. Oh yeah, I'm physically pumped. Why? I oh, started you back, <laughs> and that yeah. that was really good. Uh, yeah, spoiler for the. I mean, the title of the podcast is going to give it away, right? Mm-hmm. We we loved Raw. Yeah, but also Wrestle Talk Get Better terms. <gasps> yeah, I'm back on the. I, I had I had a I had a long time off. Mm-hmm. I had a burst of activity for about six weeks, and then I was off it because yeah. I had like holidays and I effectively just drunk beer. Mm-hmm. All the times I was meant to go to the gym, I instead had a beer, nice or a sandwich mm-hmm. or chips. Oh yeah. But yesterday, I'm back on the health train, <gasps> and I did I did this workout where at the end of the sets, get this. You have to do a bodybuilder pose. Oh my god, this sounds horrendous. So what what you do? So it was, this one was for my shoulders. You do like you, you work five sets of this thing, and then you at the end of it, as soon as you put the weights down, you press your hips. So your hands are on your hips, your elbows are pointed outwards, and you're pressing into your hips to make the the blood rush to the deltoids of your shoulders, just to give it that extra pump. And when I was doing it, I was thinking glamour muscles. This oh. This is pure vanity. Mm. I thought this is this is weird. I don't feel like it's doing much. It's bloody exhausting. But today, I have never felt like this. I feel like I've got armor on. It doesn't look it, but I feel like I just feel about three millimeters larger everywhere. Apart uh, from that one place. Pete, I know you're listening to this, mate, you little mark, but when you're putting together my training program, do not put anything like that in there for me. Ch-ch-ch-chopper, Pete. 
That's another thing that happened today. It is, yes. Do you want to talk about that now? Chopper Pete is taking over the su- su- Super Chats because Randy Andy Datsun has got to focus on a magnificent website. Beautiful website. A record-breaking website. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's growing larger and larger all the Own time. personal records. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, worldwide. <laughs> Guinness Book of World Records yes, website. For being the most For being the best. Awesome. Just the best. <laughs> So we got we had our most view, page views ever in April, which is of course WrestleMania month, and now we've bloody broke. Not maybe I think we're very close to it. Yeah, but that's still incredible. We're, we're all very happy. Um, do you want to have some quick uh, updates on the super chat debate? Oh yes, please. I really feel like like Civil Wardrobe. We're going to have to put a pin in this at some point, though. We are trying a few things in terms of how we're structuring mm, the super yeah. chats now. So we're hoping that we shouldn't because what I, I was saying this to Pete earlier. Those that like the Super Chats just want them in. But those who don't like it really don't like yeah. it. It's like it's it's offensively bad to them. There's no one that's just like, I'm not really that bothered. It's been like either, yeah, they're fine and I like them. Or, yeah, keep them in, they're grand. And I hate them so much, they make me so mad. The thing is, me and you, Wise, we're quite an important part of this. I really, I really enjoy it. Just because it's it's a it's the most immediate interaction we have with the fans. Yeah. Like it's like I know we, you know we answer comments on the YouTube channel and stuff, and we read out emails. But this is like they're watching live. We're replying to them live. That's that it's that cool. feels really nice. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. The next best thing would be you know literally meeting fans in person and going for a drink and stuff. This is the best we can do that scales. Well, this comes in from Crinius, who says, Hello, Ollie, Luke, Laurie, Pete, Simon, and Tomo, who I think I'm going to offend with parts of this email. Tomo. This message is just to weigh in on the positives and negatives that the Super Chats has to offer, and one actual complaint, which we'll get to Ooh. very, very shortly. While there are certainly negatives to note with the Super Chats, namely cringy questions, looking at that guy who makes strange remarks about female wrestlers being his girlfriend, the flow of the show being interrupted, and the worst part, Randy effing Datsun everywhere. Seriously, he's become the Shane McMahon of WrestleTalk. Someone please stunner him i do think the positives outweigh them though is that the complaint no 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 the complaint oh no there is a there's a complaint coming up and it's oh, kind of, it's, it's tied to you as well oh no well uh, i'm hoping uh that you know Ch- Ch- chopper pete cornell mm-hmm. is well now he's doing all the super chats will alleviate some of that uh not only do the super chats give us more content to listen to which i'm always thankful for they also provide us with gold in the form of bailey sting and other entertaining (laughs) discussions it feels like i'm hanging out with friends and while some of them are idiots they're still my friends and we share the same interests yeah there are idiots exactly however Uh uh-oh something that is actually making me turn off the podcast before it ends are the godforsaken iTunes reviews. Whoa, really? I totally understand where you're coming from. Reading them out means more people write them, means more traffic, means the podcast is more likely to get recommended. Completely understandable on a business level. For me as a listener, though, it is absolutely dreadful. I really enjoy the podcast intros and outros because of the great stories that people send in and you guys talking about your weekends, the office and everything else. And just having these segments shortened or cut away from messages that are just mindlessly putting over the podcast and nothing else really annoys me maybe that's just me maybe we can start an itunes debate on the podcast oh, to hear geez. what other people are saying I didn't see this one coming it's really just made me sad to potentially miss out on good stuff you're talking about because i couldn't sit through more of these reviews sorry i didn't want to get so negative i still really enjoy what you guys <laughs> do keep up the great work and please stun a randy sincerely crinius wow okay well that's good feedback 
mm-hmm. because that was very nicely uh, articulate. A lot of a lot of positives, but there's a there is a hefty chunk of S word in that S word sandwich. <laughs> the I so maybe a way around it is we use the iTunes review section as a form of mailbag. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we'll read out a little re- like just put like a little review at the top. And then have a like a mail like whatever you want to talk about. It could be an agony arts. It could Let's be. Let's not a- say agony arts because we we're trying to stop doing those. <coughs> Why did we stop doing those? Because people were getting a bit too serious with them, and we weren't <coughs> giving them good advice. Well, maybe I was thinking about that. I looked into specifically. I, I, it was, I, I really it was me that kind of put the kibosh mm. on it because I started to feel very bad. Well, I was. Well. well talk about that off there no we'll talk about it now yeah. so, because we're, we're open with it's, it's an open forum yeah maybe that's another poll <laughs> because that was an issue people were sending in stuff that we are not qualified to talk about and it was also stuff that was like this has to be answered urgently because mm. it's happening tomorrow and we weren't doing a podcast that day yeah. and then I'm just like well now it's late and now I just feel bad because we haven't addressed this very serious issue for you that you needed to answer urgently because the, the agony aunts stuff started off as almost a joke where we would give really bad advice and mm-hmm. that was the gimmick but then like people then you know people started sending in genuine concerns and that's and then we would occasionally i would give unhelpful advice and then, and then, it, I, then, yeah. then it morphed and then it was just like we give genuine advice so yeah i mean i i was looking into do you know calm yeah the yeah the the, 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 the men's the, mental health yeah, yeah, charity totally. yeah, yeah, yeah of course like it would be nice to make it for everyone mm-hmm. but we, we do, we do have we do have a 97 percent. that's true yeah male Could listenership do with mind yeah mind but i just think I, I was thinking about this and maybe this is something we can get feedback from the listeners as well uh so from what i from my friends who suffer from depression they have been put off going to places like mind mm-hmm. because i don't you know, having depression is is unfortunately a very taboo subject especially like it it shouldn't be but especially for the people who are suffering it and because there is such a male bravado attached to people they don't want to ask for help Mm -hmm. they have found it easier to talk to male male orientated charities makes sense yeah yeah Yeah, just because it's like it's you know as as a species we have been told to bottle up our feelings exactly exactly so that that's what i was thinking about and then you know we can partner with them and and because you know, so people do do emailing about stuff like that anyway. And then if there are any serious ones, we could say, "Look, speak to these people." Yeah. But the problem is, Calm is a UK-based charity. I couldn't find any, any, any mental health charities that sort of encapsulated the world. Mm. Yeah, um, I'd imagine that'd be quite difficult. I'd imagine yeah. they'd be kind of localized to each country. So maybe we need like a UK and a US one. But then, then yeah, I, I don't know. Was, yeah. What, what is the best way to help everybody? Just just solve this massive issue for us and, and email in your ideas. Or maybe even an iTunes review. <laughs> well, uh, there's God forsaken iTunes review. Well, Jason has also emailed in and say, Hi, Luke and the rest of you lovely boys. I'm writing in to weigh in on the Super Chat debate. I strongly dislike the Super Chats and would love to have them out of the podcast. My reason for this is threefold. Firstly, the comments are mostly not funny or interesting. Secondly, you guys give so many one-word responses or don't laugh that it's uncomfortable. And thirdly... <laughs> I'm not subscribed to Tomo's YouTube channel or Tim's. Uh, I'm subscribed to Russ's Talk, and if your name isn't Luke or Ollie or Laurie, I don't want to hear it. Simon and Pete are good too. Sorry for coming across like a dick. I love the podcast, and I'm not going to stop listening, but whatever happens, thanks for taking my feedback. Uh, thanks for emailing in. I would say the fans are, particularly the Wrestle Ramble, like everyone is a, a big part of it, not to get too sentimental. But, mm. it, you know, but we, as you'll hear on the Super Chats today, the trifecta 
fanship, you know, it's it's nice. It's heartwarming. Dylan's it is, and you know, you can skip it. I get if you're driving in the well, car. That, yes, yeah, that, that's always the thing. And Dylan also got in touch to say, hi, Luke and everyone else but Randy. I listen to the podcast and I've been hearing the debates on Super Chats. I wanted to provide my input. I personally don't like the Super Chats and would like them to be out of the shows. For the reasons pointed out by listeners today, I listen while driving and skipping the Super Chats isn't something I can do safely. With the Super Chats thing, however, I would love them to be moved to the end of the show, even after the outro. I had um, I have had to skip outros entirely because the Super Chats that I want to skip, and it's easy for me just to skip the rest of the podcast while driving, than it is to open the show notes, go to the timestamps, go to the correct one. Thanks for hearing out both sides of the Super Chat debate and talking about it on the show. The transparency is something I appreciate. Yeah, we we did talk about moving the Super Chats to the end. Just so, you know, best of all worlds. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't... I just think that would... I don't know. I feel like that would interrupt the flow. Like, if we're going to do that, we might as well drop them entirely. That's what I said. If we're moving to the end, we might as well just get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should have an action, because this is all very anecdotal. We haven't got hard data. Mm-hmm. We should just run a, a Twitter poll yeah. and, and point everyone in the direction of it. Indeed. Um, do you want to get into the main show and then we'll jump yes. back into some other messages when we get out? Um, thank you so much for listening to this portion of the show. We're now going to be talking about the best roar of 2019 or possibly the last couple of years. Here's the show. My oh my. Wasn't Raw a joy? Raw was a joy. Raw was a lot, a lot of fun to watch this morning. My journey was so cynical when I was watching it. I like the first, the first segment happened, and I thought, you know, that was pretty fun. Twenty-four-seven title stuff, and then I think it was the the, the Gauntlet match next. And I was like, okay, Gauntlet match. WWE have got their groove now. That was really fun and enjoyable too. It'll get crap after the first hour's over. Then I really enjoyed the three-way tag match. I was like, okay. Okay, it's one of those shows where you get a good two-hour show, but they can't sustain it for three hours. Nobody can. And then we're, we're reaching the last 20 minutes of the show, and I thought, this has been a really solid, enjoyable show. There's no way that it, like, but they need one really killer angle to make me sit back and go, that was a five out of five. I don't think they've got time to do it. And they not only delivered one killer angle, I would argue they delivered two. There was, so after the Seth and Brock stuff, I wrote in my notes, almost in all caps, why wasn't that the main event? You're not going to top that. And bugger me sideways. <laughs> they topped it because I thought the chaotic closing to this show was so much fun. I had a wild time with this show. I mean, mm. I, I put up on Twitter that the last half hour in particular was bonkers. And I loved every second of it. Granted, I got a lot of feedback saying, like, it was crap and you know it was. But I actually thought it was really, really great. I thought it was a tremendous show. Yeah, and I think because we definitely say all the time when WWE isn't doing stuff good. It's quite clear. Let's hold on to this week. This was, but like, pretty much... A flaw, not a flawless show. No, in there, the, there was that moment of bliss segment. And and Sami Zayn was mis- misbooked, I would argue. But you know, this was all watchable. This was all watchable, entertaining television. That's the benchmark we're dealing with. Yeah, it isn't Akada versus Will Ospreay in the G1, but this is another metric. It's another league. It's WWE, and for that, for what they're trying to do. I gave it five out of five. Spoilers for my review later on. So what you're saying, it's not Will Ospreay versus Akada, but can we say it's Jay White versus Toriano? 
Yeah, Where it's I like, man, do you know what? That was brilliant for what it was, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Look, I don't go into, say, I'm trying to think of something silly that I enjoy. A movie, for instance. Or like mm. The Boys, right? The Boys, new, new superhero subversive series on Amazon. I don't go into that thinking, well, I'm going to get some, you know... Luke, not Luke Besson, that's a terrible example. Some, <laughs> some uh, Jean Renoir quality drama from the 1930s French cinema period when Nazi occupation was a big thing. It's a great period of cinema. I don't go into the boys expecting that, much like I don't go into WWE expecting these hard-hitting Japanese-style matches. I expect to be sports entertained, and holy moly, a big tick in the sports entertained column. With the exception of a moment of bliss... And, and actually the Becky Lynch match with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I didn't even mind that. With the exception of those two moments, I was <laughs> thoroughly sports entertained throughout this evening. Yes, and just before we get on to the, the big double-header main event cliffhanger angles, which really encapsulated the Paul Heyman grip on this show now, uh, the reports are, which is in Laurie's news portion of my video coming up later on. Indeed, yes. Is, and is that Paul Heyman is, you know, pretty much fully in control of the creative side of Raw. It's the most influence he's had on a show since he became the executive director. Yeah. And it, you know, that oozes off the screen with the sort of stuff that happened on the episode. Is it because it felt like there was so much focus on that third hour? Yeah. But I would argue, and it's going to go missed because a lot of stuff, a really, really exciting stuff happens to talk about. My God, the pacing to this episode. Yeah, right. Like, just it happened when there was the Raw Tag Team title match. Everyone got their entrances. You got the graphic for the tag team titles. You got the ring introductions. You got wrestling through ad breaks. And I just sat back and I thought, and you got time to build the story of that match. And then you got the crazy stuff at the end. I was like, this is a well-paced show. And you don't want to, like front load all the exciting stuff it built to a big climax dramatically as a three-hour piece of entertainment it was very well timed out yeah no i've got to agree with you i think actually that the wrestling in the ad breaks I've, i can't believe that i've missed it yeah i really have because it really does help with the flow of a match. You've missed something that you would never see anyway because it's within an ad break. But it's at that least blank we space. don't have oh, yeah. nonsense like, we've got to restart this match because of X, Y, and Z. It's just like, no, we're going to do a big flip dive. <clears throat> the wrestling will go into rest hold mode now and then we'll have some more action when we get back. But you don't have to see the rest holds. And it's one of those things where we used to criticize the company for doing it because it's not a very good way to lay out a wrestling match. And actually a lot of wrestling isn't very good because of it on WWE main roster TV. But, you know, when, you, when it's taken away from you, you're like, maybe I do miss it now. Mm. Maybe, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought because they presented something that was worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that was their plan all along. <laughs> yeah. So... But we, we were both enjoying the show. I think I'm speaking for both of us. You're Enjoyed the show shill. all the way through. They're paying me very good money. <laughs> Enjoyed the show all the way through. And then we get hit with this double header. So the main event already announced things was Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler because everyone was so aghast at what Dolph Ziggler did to Shawn Michaels everyone last was week. really agog. And it never really played off in this match either. Michael Cole said it was one of the most disgusting things he's ever seen. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, your memory is really patchy. <laughs> because you're a wrestler who did a wrestling move to another wrestler. Right, but, like, he was aiming for The Miz. 
No, he was aiming for Michael. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I got it confused with the first bit of that spot. Yeah. Anyway, so that was Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler and this Samoan summit, which I read someone commented, just sounds like they're going to solve global warming or something, <laughs> like, a, like a big meeting of nations. Do you know what? It's about time. Mm. It's about time, and we needed to get Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe as the people to really spearhead this. Samoa Joe could literally scare off climate change <laughs> with one of his promos. He but ultimately, he'd be rolled up by it, unfortunately. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, he'd scare the uh, polar ice caps into, like, regrowing. Yeah. But would then slip on the ice and get pinned. <laughs> uh, so we have a Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins match. Not very excited about it, but it wasn't there to do anything. Even that portion, though, I thought was very well executed. The action was exciting. And Dolph Ziggler came out to Shawn Michaels' entrance music. It's about time he got some heat. And it, and it really worked because Shawn Michaels' music hit and the crowd was like, wow, is this a, thought, yeah. a surprise Shawn Michaels appearance? This is really cool. And then Dolph comes out doing the big Shawn Michaels dance. And it was like, oh, boo, no, no, that's not what we wanted. So it, it totally effectively worked. I thought it was really smart. Do you remember that used to be Dolph's entire it, gimmick? His whole gimmick for a little bit. <laughs> With the record scratch. And then they yeah. just never got rid of the record scratch. So even that was good. Uh, the whole idea was Rollins was avenging Michaels because he was an honorary DX member from the previous week's Well, they said it reunion. was because he was a locker room leader. And yeah. you don't disrespect a legend within this locker room. You, you treat this locker room and its legends with respect. And Dolph, as a member of that locker room, was being disrespectful towards the legends. And therefore, Rollins had to, you know, I mean, you could have just bought him a case of beer. Because I'm pretty sure that's just how wrestlers court tends to work. Yeah. But he thought, no, no, I'm going I'm to stomp your head into the ground instead. On that disrespect theme, uh, so... Michael Cole was saying that, and Corey Graves said, quite rightly, yeah, but Shawn Michaels was being disrespectful for to Dolph Ziggler first. And Cole just went, yeah, but he's earned the right to be disrespectful. <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway, none of this really matters because well, it was all a setup. You say it doesn't, but can I point out one thing that he did say? When Dolph was cutting his promo and he was talking about, you know, he said, oh, what's the matter, Seth? Did you lose your smile? Let's not bring up the time that Shawn Michaels was a complete dick. Like, let's, <laughs> let's bring up the times when we liked Shawn Michaels. Let's not bring up that one. But he did say that you're as embarrassment just as Shawn Michaels was, just as Goldberg was. And the only reason I say that's kind of key and possibly could be brought up again is because the report last week was that Dolph is going to face a legend at SummerSlam, but it's not going to be Michaels or The Miz. It's going to be, one of the names that was brought up was Goldberg. Yeah. So Dolph mentioning the name Goldberg, coupled with those reports from last week, could we, oh, you know, could be setting up here that we're getting Dolph Goldberg at SummerSlam. Stranger things have happened. It's a very good show on Netflix. Mm. So this was all really just backdrop for this episode, at least, to Brock Lesnar's music eventually hitting. He was actually there, and then he just comes out, and he starts to beat up Seth Rollins. We've seen this before. I'm not really interested in it. Germans into the ring. No, what, F5 into the ring post. Germans on the outside. Rollins was taking a heck of a beating. Yeah. And then Brock sat down on the chair and cockily looked at him. I thought, ah, you know, that's, that's quite funny. And then he just carried on doing it. And he started to F5 Rollins onto an upright chair. So onto that back that's mm. standing up. And Rollins, I assume it was a blood capsule that he just burst in his mouth. Capsule, yeah. Because he didn't legit have internal bleeding. <laughs> uh, he, started, he started to bleed from the mouth. And I thought, you know what? This is actually... I'm getting into this. I'm not fully in yet, but... Hey, but you know, they graduated from that blood and gut stuff crap that they used yeah. to do. <laughs> uh, 
And we saw this exact same angle play out before WrestleMania. But I just thought there was a, an extra level of intensity to it. That was quite a predictable feud. But this one, which I haven't been into, did start to get me into it. And then Brock just keeps beating up Seth. And then they have an ad break. And then there's paramedics down there. And again, the pacing of the show, they really let it breathe. And then Seth is stretchered backstage. He goes past Becky Lynch. He goes past Roman Reigns and the Usos. I'm like, that's nice, making it feel like a living, breathing world backstage. I mean, my question was, where were you, Roman? What the hell, man? I know, that was a bit of a dick move. Yeah. Uh, I just assumed he wasn't there for the evening. But then Reigns and the Usos get jumped by Samoa Joe and Gallows and Anderson. Yeah. I was like, what's... Ge- I, I, I know. <laughs> I was like, a brawl's breaking out. What the hell is going on? And the camera just followed Seth. I was like, okay, well, that's... I mean, I'm not against it. It's confusing. And it just made it feel more chaotic. Seth is put into the ambulance. The am- I think another ad break happened in all this to make it feel even more significant. Then the ambulance starts to go, but stops. You can only see the back of it. Cut to another camera. No, no, Brock comes in or something. Pulls Seth out on the stretcher. Gets him off F5 onto the stretcher. That was a hell of a bump, mate. Yeah. Holy heckins, that was a hell of a bump. It was a really effective angle. And it made me want to see Seth come back and beat Brock. Which I think is probably the first time yeah. in this feud that has happened. And I will say, I thought this was an amazing angle, don't get yes. me wrong. I thought that Seth played his part brilliantly. I thought that Brock played his part brilliantly. I thought Heyman telling Brock mm. to stop pleading with Brock to stop, I thought was just wonderful. I still don't really care about the match, but I do think that all of the, the execution of this was absolutely perfect in the same way that i thought the execution of the roman joe stuff in the samoan summits was excellent i still don't want to see roman versus joe at SummerSlam, but i thought the angle was absolutely brilliant yeah and then and then you're like okay well that there's he close an angle why is there like 10 minutes left that's what i mean why wasn't this the main event but because i thought it was up you can't end with these two having a chat in a brawl around ringside come on lads it cuts to joe in the ring he's like i don't want this stupid samoan summit which probably means the Simone Summit was announced before Heyman signed off on it. And he was like, no, nah, it's just not do that. Yeah. Reigns comes down to answer him. Big brawl happened. I was like, oh, okay, so that's why you did the jump backstage. And then out of nowhere, Drew Macken. No, first off, Joe whipped Reigns into the steps. And the camera stays on Samoa Joe. Mm. And Samoa Joe's looking all cocky. Turns round, steel steps, locked <laughs> into his face. It was a great visual. Then Drew McIntyre's there. Drew McIntyre brawls with Roman through the crowd. They get into the ring. Cedric Alexander's down there all of a sudden. Yep, Cedric runs down and he takes out Joe and Drew, but then like Joe shuts him down and then Drew like suplexes Cedric into the uh, board and then they're about to put Roman through a table. The Usos run out, they get into a brawl. All of a sudden the OC come out and they all get into a brawl and then Cedric's up on top of the LED screen and falls with style onto all of them down below. Everyone clatters down, they all get in the ring, they all hit big moves on the heels and they stand tall and they win at the end. And to all those people that said, oh, you were so overly critical of that, that Cedric Alexander segment from a couple of weeks ago, this made him look like a hero. He won here. Yeah. He can celebrate with the Usos and Roman Reigns because they won and they all stood tall. It completely made sense. And it's the loudest people have been for Cedric since that botched ending to Raw a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and so what you've done there is you've used one continuous piece of 
drama, really, because usually WWE is so segmented and you don't get characters crossing over outside their own little isolated feuds, which doesn't really make for compelling TV. It's not a particularly engaging way to tell stories. But here you have Drew versus Cedric, Usos versus the OC, Joe versus Reigns, and Brock versus Seth. Yeah. All quite neatly and excitingly told to close off the show, they've got the main event slots, which makes them feel more big time because that, you know, that is a scheduling issue where the stuff that goes on at the end feels the biggest. And then, you know, if you're booking this right, next week as you go home show for SummerSlam, you've got a four on four or a five on five tag I'm, match. I'm thinking there's a five on five tag match. You've got, uh, yeah, Reigns, the Usos, Ricochet and Cedric versus... Uh, the OC with AJ, uh, Joe and Drew, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I um, don't know how Brock and Seth factor into that, but you, well, you, I mean, you want Seth to sell the injuries. I was going to say, to be honest, if it's me, Seth shouldn't be on TV next week. He should cut a promo from the hospital, but say like, but promise I will be at SummerSlam. Start, start cutting the promo from the hospital at the start of the show. Then Brock comes in, helps the heels to beat everyone up on the tag match, and then. At the end, Seth limps down and clears house. There's your go-home angle for SummerSlam. It was terrific. It was exciting TV. It made me want to see the pay-per-view. This was really good. Such a WWE shill. Yeah. <laughs> all you ever do is praise this guy. I know. <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Oh. 
So, let's get on with your super chats to see what you guys thought. So, we've got lots of super <laughs> chats, but we'll just go through a few to start with, and uh, we'll do the rest of them later on. We got one from Oblivious Kari, uh, who says, Ending weird, uh, bro killed, but let's celebrate 4v2. I don't know what that means, but hopefully you guys do. V2? 4v2? Mm-hmm. No. Maybe v- 4 versus 2. Maybe it was a... But that wasn't the faces on heels. No. Don't know. I don't know, but... Uh, I thought it was a good ending, not Thank a weird ending. Thank you very ending. much. Yeah, I loved mm. it. Uh, do you, uh, this comes from Vernon Jeffries, who says, Do you guys like Seth Rollins as a heel or a baby face? I'm heel Rollins. <laughs> John. <laughs> John. I liked his like corporate heel run that he had. I really enjoyed that. Set. Yeah, it was a bit goofy for me. I like badass shield Rollins is my favorite. That's true, yeah. So and and when he came back from leg injury, like I was all ready for, As a heel. for him to be a super babyface, but he's never really recovered from that. Yeah. Babyface Rollins from the Gauntlet stuff last year I thought was my favorite true, Rollins. Yeah. My least favorite version of uh, Rollins is Twitter Rollins. Yes. <laughs> Real life Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got another from Stephen Superclick McAllister who says, hey guys, is WWE missing out on great matches by only booking faces versus heels? Would have liked to have seen Ricochet versus Ray and Cesaro versus Andrade. Oh, and the Gauntlet match, that's actually a very good point, yeah. Yeah, but those are matches you can save for later on. I, I mean, I, we'll get onto the Gauntlet match later, I wouldn't have changed the thing. Mm. Apart from Sami Zayn. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Javier Reyes405 says, will Drew McIntyre wrestle Cedric at SummerSlam? Oh, well, I, I would think so, yeah, absolutely. Everyone needs a pre-show. <laughs> uh, one in from Moin Karnib, who says, Hey guys, thoughts on WWE introducing post-WrestleMania tournaments as part of setting up pay-per-view matches. P.S. Your weekly content is awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And it's yes, certainly consistent. Yes, yeah, definitely. Like yeah. That's a really nice way to, to give matches stakes. I mean, tournaments are notoriously very difficult to book. No more difficult than the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Which is, like, Rumble matches are insanely complex. So I don't know why they're, they're against uh, tournaments. Yeah, I, I guess it's just because the King of the Ring just became, like, a sort of a weight around their neck that they kept having to do, but they never really wanted to do. And now they just, I think Vince just hates doing tournaments. He just feels like it doesn't build stars. Despite uh, Steve Austin. Yeah, and The Triple biggest H. star ever. And Bret Hart. Yeah. Uh, another one from Javier Reyes 405 who says who should Street Profits fe- first feud be and when Viking mm. Raiders they need something to do yeah but you don't really want to be either team initially do you I, I would have a well you're, maybe you're not beating either team initially because the Viking Raiders have had such a run of things so if you had the Street Profits give them their first loss and I then think, you have a more uh, pissed off Viking Raiders yeah maybe I, I would book them against like a, I mean Heath, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. You know. <laughs> oh, mate, really? That's how you they, bring well, the they, people they, in, they don't want, you? They want a big win. And Dolph Ziggler, put, put a tag partner with Dolph. Build him up for a bit yeah. and beat him. Uh, and then we'll do the last one for now before we do the rest later. Uh, Ryan B. Bad comes in and says, was it just me or did it sound like Nikki called Becky an arrogant C-word? Uh, oh, I missed that. <laughs> no, I don't think that happened. No. I mean, I know one's Scottish and one's Irish, <laughs> but they're, they're not going to swear that bad on Absolutely. live TV. Yeah, I don't think so. No. The show of Raw 
kicked off. Re- like it was a it was one of those voice prestigious voiceover packages mm-hmm. with talking about the history of this title of the WWE Championship and like how important it is as a belt until now and then it, it turns into a parody video for the 24-7 title and all the various winners that they've had there I'm surprised they didn't really like hammer into like it's been held by four WWE Hall of Famers it was so good it was kind of read in a, a parody of those 1940s newsreel things or like you know it, the, the, the line that really got me was it, it's had men women senior citizens <laughs> with pictures of Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe it's yeah. like a truly a championship for the modern age <laughs> and just seeing Briscoe again hold that title above his head going yeah yeah it's so good yeah it was it was really uh, like this was a funny opening and it it, ele- it did elevate what's essentially a joke title it made it feel significant Wrestling Observer Radio's review like it just shows how many different opinions there are in wrestling. Do they not like it? No, they thought like Brian Alvarez was like, oh, this is why you're losing viewers. Oh, Brian, come on, and man. Like, it's a funny joke. Is, yeah. And like WWE don't usually do comedy well. This was like, you know, you can't really fault this. In, in Brian's defense in some ways, I don't think I would open the show with it. Because if you are a new viewer that's coming into this, perhaps you are going to look at this and be like, well, that's, am I supposed to take this seriously? Is it a joke? Or is it just, it seems a bit weird. Why am I bothering watching this? Surely you want to start the show with something that's really hot. Sports entertained. <laughs> Comedy's a large part of wrestling. Hey, dude, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. But I'm just saying, I'm playing devil's advocate. If you're a new viewer coming into this, would it make you want to stick around and watch more of it? But for you and I who are watching this on a weekly basis, fun way to start a show. Look, if, if there was something quite funny like that that opened up any show, I would probably stick around because I gravitate towards comedy anyway. Mm. So, yes. I'm not sure I would. <laughs> anyway, this, but the, the reason it probably opened the show was because it segued very nicely into the opening intergender mosh pit tag match. It was a mosh pit <clears throat> mixed tag match, I believe. Okay, it was yeah, I couldn't calls. get the words in the right order. I said all the, I'm playing all the right keys. <laughs> Uh, so this was Drake Maverick and Drake Maverick's wife, Renee, her yep. official name, yep. taking on R-Truth and Carmella. And everyone was just around the ring waiting for this match to be over so they could Yeah, the so they were title. the mosh pits. With the, and the rule was that they were not allowed to get involved in the match until after it was over. Like The 24-7 rule had been suspended until this match had reached its conclusion, which it did mostly quite quickly when it would, Truth uh, hit Drake with the... Facebuster and won. And then all the all the geeks got up onto the ring apron, everyone bundled in, and Mike Kanellis was the one that came out the victor. And that's quite nice because it ties into this whole terrible Mike storyline where his wife seems to think that he's a loser. And then he runs away and all the geeks run after him and they run backstage and he hides in a room and then Maria walks up and she starts banging on the door. And she's like tells everyone to get out of the way. Mike's like, how do I know it's really you? And Maria says, if you don't let me in, I will kick you in your vagina. Attitude era. <laughs> I, um, I, I mean, thought it was a funny line. I, I just think Maria's gimmick is she's a YouTube comment. I, I, I got a kick out of it. I it thought was it was funny. funny. Uh, and then, of course, like then she was let in. And Maria, the, the, she effectively parted the sea there because she's got this, she's pregnant, so nobody wants to hurt a pregnant lady. Her, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 
I found this very funny. But you were the one who was also saying as well that it should be Carmella that's uh, getting the title. That that horse has already bolted, my friend. Oh, right, I got over of, that when they just Kelly Kelly and they scrapped it last week. And yeah. the other one. I mean, what would have been best if Carmella ended up winning it out of this tag team schmoz? Mm. Then there's a bundle. Yeah. Then Mike Canellis runs away. What a cowardly heel! He, you know, he pinned Carmella for it, and then Maria gets the belt, and you can have a. A Maria Carmella feud. There you go. Well, you can't really have a Maria Carmella feud when she's pregnant. Well, that's that's IRL that's, shoot. that's the thing. I bet yeah. she's just waiting for that to drop, and I'm just like at the birth. Well, that's pin it. you in the bed. Yeah. Well, we will get to it in a little bit, mm. but essentially, Maria is now holding the title hostage. Mm. Uh, she's the Brock Lesnar of the 24/7 division. Next up, but she'll be on TV. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Rey Mysterio taking on Cesaro, and this was the start of a gauntlet match to decide the number one contender for AJ's United States title at SummerSlam because there are no automatic rematch clauses, but you will win the next match you have to be the number one contender if you've lost the title. Hey, do you know what? I don't mind it. No. no don't mind great. it, mate. Don't mind it. Also, it's Cyber Monday. Go over to the merch. Go to WWE.com <laughs> and buy some merch. Please buy some merch. Our sales are well down. The, the WWE are so... Because they're the biggest company for wrestling in the world... I think there's a mentality where you just assume, if you don't follow everything closely, oh, WWE, at the be- they put on the best wrestling matches, they have the best television, yada, yada, yada. And they don't. There are, there, there's one thing they do better than anyone, and that's editing video packages. Mm-hmm. But now, I firmly say gauntlet matches. They book gauntlet matches better than anyone I've ever seen. The exception of Sami Zayn? Look, this was... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You look, just look at their track record over the last couple of years. That Nia Jax-Sasha Banks one from, from August a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. The Seth Rollins Kofi stuff. Kingston. Kofi Kingston Grant, this they, year. they ran that into the ground yeah, a little bit because yeah. they, they were doing gauntlet matches like every week on SmackDown for a little bit. It got quite tiresome. But the, that first Kofi gauntlet match, it's still one of the best WWE TV matches they've done all year. Mm. It was spectacular stuff. And what I really liked about this one is... So Ricochet won. He's going to face AJ Styles for the United States title. Yippee, that's great. But I guess the psychological argument there is why don't you put Ricochet in the total underdog babyface role and have him at the start? Mm-hmm. And then he has to run through everyone. Then he'll be really hot at the end of it. Much like, But then you look back on it. That's actually quite a predictable finish. I was going to say, this, uh, that's the obvious way to yeah. do it. Yeah. That's like number one of the Rumble. every time. Mm. And they haven't. I, and I, I, I really credit WWE for this. The way they've booked gauntlet matches, you very rarely have the first person win. Mm. Kofi didn't win a lot of his ones. Seth Rollins was beaten after facing John Cena and Roman Reigns. You almost get people over just through the endurance side of stuff. Yeah. So Ray here, like Ricochet, only wrestled in the last match. Didn't hurt him at all. And it helped build everyone else in this match, apart from Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. So the first one was Rey Mysterio versus Cesaro. For my money, the best in-ring action of the night. This was so, so good. Yeah. I, I loved watching I mean, I, my note really is like, I love watching Cesaro wrestle. Mm. He is very, very, very good at what he does. And with some people he has, and you can, you can almost tell just based on the style of his opponents, who's he, who he's really going to gel with. Mm-hmm. He has good matches with everyone, but... Ricochet, Rey Mysterio, that kind of guy where he's bigger than them and he can throw them around and uppercut them out of nowhere. And it was, he's so good. I was gutted when he was out first. Because I, I, I'm, I'm kind of over Rey, 
in his WWE run. I don't think his WWE run has been that great since he came back. Um, but I'm super into Cesaro at the moment, so I kind of wanted to see Cesaro go a little bit further in this. It makes it, you know, again, it kind of makes sense because of the way you kind of finish this. But you know, I was really, I'm really into Cesaro right now. I thought it was a really effective job of building up Ray because Ray has been, you know, really mishandled on Raw since the since being drafted there, and he's you know in and out with injury. Then Go Sami Zayn came out, and Ray just beat him very quickly. Quick shout out to uh, Matt Mann because this is when I suddenly realised. Well, it was where I saw it for the first time. Chap in um, on the hard camera side who had a giant support Wrestle Talk sign. Um, and he sent me a photo of it this morning on Twitter, wearing a lovely elite T-shirt. Thanks very much, Matt Man. Thank you very much, Matt Man. <laughs> yeah, Matt Man. Uh, so Rey Mysterio took on Sami Zayn next, and he just beat him very quickly with a roll-up. This was the one thing I had a problem with on the entire three-hour show. Yeah, which is quite something. I just said, what's the point? Like, mm. if if you're going to do that, just don't have Sami Zayn in there. You're in control of how many people have to be in this gauntlet match. Yeah. Just have Andrade next and then Ricochet. Yeah. Uh, so that does nothing for Sammy. I expect it to build into something because he keeps on getting beaten, you would hope. Rey Mysterio then took on Andrade, which was just Andrade for about 90% of the match. Yeah, it really was. And then at the end, it, like, Rey... They were putting it over the Ray got hurt. He did his penguin slide gimmick and landed very, very harshly on his knees. And they were just, yeah, they were really putting over the Ray's hurt. He can't really continue. And Andrade just hit the Hamlock DDT in one. I was like, man, that was a very odd finish to that, unless Ray yeah. really was hurt. Yeah, it, it felt real. And, like, I don't think Ray lost anything because he'd already beaten Cesaro. And Sammy. And Sammy. Who attacked him before the bell. Yeah, yeah. So I thought Ray looked great off of it. And then even though Ray had all that underdog stuff from the first two matches Andrade still looked great because he dominated him so that's an example of getting both guys over so you've got in my opinion you've got Cesaro over there uh, Ray and Andrade and none of those guys technically won the entire thing and then after that, you had Andrade trying to rip off Rey Mysterio's mask, doing quite a good job of it as well until Ricochet runs down. And yeah, here's a shocker. Ricochet versus Andrade <laughs> was excellent. Yeah, really like this this side of it. Like Cesaro versus Rey just peaks it for me. But Ricochet and Andrade together, that's uh, that they're going to have that's a, a killer match eventually. Yeah. yeah. So there's just loads of stuff happening here. I really appreciated Zelina Vega. In, on managing duties mm. there was a near fall that ricochet had camera cuts to her and she is holding her heart yeah. as if she's just had a heart attack really great acting and 630 splash for the win uh just overall a great little gauntlet match there apart from Sami Zayn. and kayla braxton interviews ricochet in the ring afterwards it was a bit hokily scripted with like you just believe in you yourself just gotta believe. it's a parapola rapper mm. i gotta believe and, um, yeah, also I really appreciate them coming backstage to AJ Styles, who was doing his best uh, cosplaying as Daniel Bryan. I, yeah, I wrote the same thing <laughs> in my <laughs> script, yeah. <laughs> Just got the Daniel Bryan generic shirt on. I'm surprised he didn't have good country old heart posters in the background or whatever that Shawn Michaels movie was called. Yeah. Then we had the Canela Sai. Uh, Mike and Maria are now in their little locker room. Well, they uh, were in the official's locker room. That's why there was a ref there. <clears throat> okay. So Maria just wants Mike to hand the 24-7 title to her for her for their unborn child. Well, no, for her unborn child. Because right. that's, that's the, the part of this is she doesn't... Mm. Mike is not man enough to get her pregnant. I still don't know if the storyline that it's not Mike's because she did say that on TV and the Street Prophet said it later on. 
But there also hasn't been a tease of who's the real father. She just keeps saying, it's my unborn child, and I want my unborn child to have a champion as a parent. And so she makes Mike lie down for her so she can just put her foot on, and she becomes the first ever pregnant champion in WWE. I think this is inspired because the 24-7 stuff has been fun. And I really like Drake and Truth. But it's only so far you can go with. Exactly. You need, you it's need been to going add on new, yeah. for six weeks. So now we've... With, and that didn't get stale. That's what I liked about it. it. Potentially two weeks' time it would have got stale. But rarely for WWE, they left it before, like just after it peaked as opposed to when it was boring and they moved on to the next thing. But now, the kind of what I can see them doing here is Drake and Truth are going to have to team up because they oh, want to get their title back. I didn't think of so that. they've now got to try and get this title back off a pregnant lady. Mm. So the better yeah, you know, what is it? Bigger enemies, better friends or whatever the that thing is. So yeah, they're gonna have to come together. The mega powers of yeah. the twenty four seven championship. Uh, Maria walked out the room afterwards and they're all the 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 undercard waiting there. And they that she went up to each one of them and was like, You can't touch me, I'm yeah. pregnant. Oh, Titus O'Neil, you're the first ever twenty four seven champion. You can't pin me now. Later on she calls herself um uh, the Mumster Among Men. Nice. Cute. Uh then we got your favourite segment, a moment of bliss. Well I just thought it was pointless. It just didn't it didn't go anywhere. Didn't have a guest. No, but they came out and they were there and also it, it also kind of irritated me because it was Alexa Bliss was both a babyface and a heel no. within this segment. And I'm like, it's she's becoming my least favorite character in WWE because she's so inconsistent. And she keeps getting stuck in crap storylines of her own device. Yeah. And she's just becoming a bit of a problem for me because she's really talking like trash about Dolph Ziggler, super kicking Shawn Michaels. And you don't do that. You don't disrespect this locker room. But Becky Lynch is also a twat and I don't like her either. Yeah. And it's just, so it's, you can't have it both ways. And so uh, you don't know whether you're supposed to be booing Alexa or cheering her. Yeah. And this isn't like really good character rounding, like how MJF, super heel in AEW, very good friends with Cody, yeah. who's kind of a babyface a lot of the time. That makes me really interested in their relationship and MJF as a character. Like, he's got a good side. This is just... Why are you such an AEW mark? <laughs> because they also pay me. Uh, this, uh, this Alexa stuff is just bad it's character just, work. It's bad writing. Uh, but the Alexa and Nikki stuff is, is generically bad. But then they threw to a clip. Here's what happened earlier in the day. It looked real. It was just a hard cam shot of the ring. No one's in the arena seeing so, you know, it. The hard cam, in theory, would have just been running. Natalia is trying out a few things in the ring with was Fit she, Finley. So Fit Finley is applying the disarmor. Or someone's applying the disarmor. He's essentially showing Natty how to get out of the disarmor so you can then get into the sharpshooter. And Natty's in the ring watching. I and love then that. Becky Lynch has come down and just locks her in the disarmor, saying, like, get out. Get out of it. You can't get out of it. Yeah. And it, that, I, I thought that was great. And it throws back to the... And it felt real as well. Like, comic book real. Not real real. But yeah. it felt like I could buy into that. And it helped me easily suspend my disbelief. Cuts back to Alexa in the Moment of Bliss set. And she just says, oh, isn't... Ale isn't Becky evil? And everyone was like, no, she's awesome! Yeah. I just thought that was a badass angle. I, and it was. Now, I think what they were trying to do here, NXT do this a lot. 
But NXT, I mean, you don't watch it because it's a show for marks. But it's uh, they often do these sort of like backstage security cam footage things. Just like, oh, this happened earlier in the week here at the Performance Center. We're just going to show this for you now. And it will just be like, so for example, on last week's show, they just had security camera footage in the training center with Mia Yim attacking Jessamyn Duke because she's wiping out the horsewomen so she can eventually get to Shayna Baszler one-on-one without Marina and Jessamyn on the outside. But they don't have someone come out and stage and be like, hey, everyone, let's watch this footage together. They just have Morrow or Nigel say, like, we're going to show you some footage now that Mm. happened earlier this week. And it feels so much more organic than having Alexa and Nikki come out on stage, have some terrible banter, have terrible, like, confusing heel-face dynamics, and then show you the clip. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, That that was bad, I guess. Yeah. But I didn't mind it because... Then, You're a WWE show. Yes. Yeah, uh, Becky just appears on the screen after that, and it, it, set, it foreshadows the match later on. Becky's going to have a match with Alexa. And Becky was pretty cool on the Titan Trump. And then the Usos just came out. Yeah, like, well, that's what I mean. Then it was, I, I mean, I've been here. I thought it was a terrible segment. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then, even, even the Natalia Becky. No, Lynch no, bit. I like that bit. Yeah. It's just I think the presentation of it was bad. See, I feel. Yeah, glass half full. I'm <laughs> focusing on that middle bit. All right, Steve. Then the Usos took on the Revival, who are the tag team champions, and the OC for the tag belts. I already said this. I thought this match was wonderfully paced. So cool. Given a lot of time to breathe. You got the entrances, you got the ring announcing, you got the graphic. Just made it feel important. And it, the, the, actual, the crowd got much more into it as it went on because they gave it time they allowed these guys to get the crowd behind them like they did was it the revival and Gable and Rude last year where yeah. the crowd were just completely dead right at the, mm. at the start of the match but they worked really hard to get the crowd hyped up and the same thing here crowd was so quiet at the start of this couldn't have cared less but because all six guys are so good that the crowd was starting to get themselves whipped up into a frenzy. And it was really, really cool. Yeah, and some of the stuff there was... Re- the, the biggest spot was... Uh, it was a Scott Dawson superplex on an Uso. Or no, Dawson was su- superplexed outside. Yeah. Off of the second turnbuckle, onto everyone out, out the ring. Yeah. And that was, that was really quite spectacular. And I really liked the finish, where it was a blind tag from the OC. California... And then uh, the it was it was Jimmy who got pinned, right? Yes, yeah, it which was, is yeah. a nice change. Well, uh, I was going to say, I mean, my notes here is like, well, I'm expecting the Usos to win then. Yeah, because of course Jimmy got arrested for a DUI last week. No, it was, uh, yes, but and he also got arrested one in February. Yeah, on February 14th, and then won the titles four days later. Yeah, the elimination chamber. Yeah, yeah, but this time he he took the losing fall. But it was it even without that, it it was quite satisfying just how the OC. The Gallows and Anderson, part of their characters has been, they goofed off forever. AJ shouted at them for it. They started to become more serious. They were a serious act here. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any showboating or fun heel tactics or nerd. Yeah. It was all... Dressing up as doctors or yeah. old day oh, or anything God. like that. It was all just, we're going to win the titles, and yeah. they did. And now, they all have gold. I like gold! And that is, I mean, it, they're silver belts. But yeah, no, I see what you, you know, Good point. Semantics. Oh, I'm going to get crucified for that <laughs> in the comments. I just thought I'd play Captain Nitpick there. Yeah. I, actually, I think you're fine. They're silver pennies. Well, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but it is, a, you know, it's kind of a typical case in WWE for the last year, I would say, that basically you threaten to leave and you get given the belts. Uh, the 
Usos were going to leave. They got given the belts. Revival were going to leave. Got given the belts. Gallus and Anderson were going to leave. Got given the belts. Can't give them the belts all the time, but <laughs> hey, all three of them have had the belts now. I kind of feel bad for the revival in all of this, though, because by the end of this, it kind of very much set up that it's the Usos versus the OC. But um, yeah, where does that leave the revival in all of this? Hey, the revival but, weren't pinned. Which is why you'd think that they would be the ones who are then going after Gallows and Anderson. Well, SummerSlam. TLC time. Are you going for your triple threat ladder match again? Come on, <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. They've graduated from that blood and gore stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I just found it interesting how you've got a three-man faction in the OC, all have championships. Oh, look, there's a, a three-man faction over on SmackDown who all have championships too in the New Day. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the New Day. Yeah, yeah. And Reign seems to be more affiliated with, with the Usos. Usos. Bringing back the family. There's some exciting six-man tags there to be had. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. And you know who else is excited? AJ Styles. Oh, wasn't he excited? He was, he's getting all of his hummus ready and all of his little platter and stuff, his little crudités, ready to have a little killer pie. Caleb Braxton comes in like, I'd like to ask you a question. He couldn't have cared less. He yeah. wants to party with his boys. Yeah, and what a party that would be with, like you said, Generic snacks. Oh, lovely Did stuff. Did he have one bottle of champagne? Uh, I, he, <laughs> I thought it was just a bottle of beer. <laughs> lad, I've got a bottle of beer we can share around. Yeah, they, they know how to party, those <laughs> Bullet Club guys. It's the WWE version. Yeah. It's probably just orange soda passed around. But they got back. AJ jumped on the table like Tom Cruise celebrating a, an engagement. Yep. And he's, he's just like, yeah. I thought... Oh my God! I'm in here, and this isn't a this wasn't like a bad thing from this episode. I just thought you missed a lot of potential. Watching those three guys celebrate—that's that's segments and segments worth of material. And to the point I was making earlier about how the I thought the ending segment was amazing, but didn't make me excited to see Joe versus Roman. I am excited to see the family versus the club again with the, mm. with, you know, back in this sort of heel yeah. face dynamic, really excited. And I'm just, to be honest, I'm just excited about the club in general. I really, really like them as a group. I, I've, it's baffling it's taken WWE this long to put them back together. Yeah. And it's so nice. It's reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> uh, then we got a, a Raw reunion recap. And then the same... It, yeah, cut out the clip of uh, Cena saying that Jimmy looks like his mugshot. Yeah. Uh, and and the SmackDown segment where Dolph super kicks Sean, so that that built into stuff later on. This, my favorite part of this was when they were recapping Dolph attacking Michaels on SmackDown. Michael Cole was like, and then Dolph did the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, and it's then it's Dolph punching the Miz, and Cole goes, not that bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he super kicks Michaels. That bit. That's the bit that I oh, thought was it's disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, after that, we got the Viking Raiders versus some random jobbers. Uh, I, I'm, I think, yep, yeah, Viking Raiders. You want to get them over using squash matches, but it isn't working. It's not working. Crowd are not popping for anything, uh, and that's that's quite difficult because their move set is so impressive and their athleticism is so impressive that you would expect them to get over in these squash match formats. I think it's a problem of they were called up. In April, or just before? Um, no, no, it was, it was April. It was April as yeah. the Viking experience. God, but then you had like you know those few weeks of name changes, and then you had them off TV for a bit. There was something with Hawkins and Ryder going on there. Yeah, because they were sort um, of going after the tag belts, but yeah. then they kind of forgot that they had the tag belts, and then it was moved over to someone else. So they've been flattened out for three months, and now you're like, oh, and here's I think it's two weeks now of squash matches. It's 
Didn't they beat they beat Hawkins and Ryder last week? Didn't they? So they, that wasn't that's an established former tag team mm. champion. So it kind of felt like a step back to be beating up jobbers this week, which is why they should be feuding with the Street Profits. Yeah. Well, speaking of. Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford uh, backstage, sort of just being the sort of Greek chorus or the cheeky Shakespearean... Yeah, that's a good way to put it. They're the Greek yeah. chorus of Roar. I like that. Just like you get characters in Shakespeare plays who are a sort of cheeky gods and they just comment on stuff that's going on so you're saying in a funny way. They're the Watcher. Or, or, <laughs> yeah, or, or the, the... Who are the two drunk people from The Tempest who just... Recite oh, plot I mean, you've points. Asked me to, you've asked me an actual proper English literature Sorry. question. The, the, well, they're, you know, they're, they're that, and, but they're very good at it. Yeah. So they just run down what's happened on the show so far, but not in a forced way. No, in, it's in not. quite a naturalistic, we're just having a chat way. And I think there's some really funny stuff with Dawkins mm. at the moment. He's sexually attracted to Nikki Cross because she's crazy, and now he's attracted <laughs> to Maria because she's pregnant. And he's, he's just, just horny. He's just got some like sexual quirks about him, and they're just. And the, they play off each other so well. Mm. It's genuinely fun to watch. And then Seth walks up, and now you've got Seth hanging out with them. It made them feel really big time because Seth was so excited to see them. And they were all acting like they were friends. And I'm like, actually, this, this actually elevated Street Profits more than them just running down the show. I think it elevated Seth Rollins. <laughs> Honestly, I'd say it in my uh, Raw review that's going up later. Uh, Montez Ford is so good. Mm-hmm. Future oh, WWE champion Montez yeah, Ford. Yeah, Montez Ford is so good. He made me like Seth Rollins in this yeah. segment when they all interacted together because he, he was going to say burn it down and they all then they all yeah, said burn it down. Yeah, they stole my together. gimmick and then they all did it together. It's cute stuff. I liked it. So really good. Uh, Dave Meltzer said on the Wrestling Observer Radio that God, I do love Dave Meltzer. Don't you? <laughs> you can't help but just mention his name all the time. The, I just thought this was interesting, and I don't know if this be- is because he knows something or he's just speculating. Some way he's quite. Or just, you know, given his opinion, sometimes he doesn't. He's not quite clear on mm. what those are. Uh, but it, he he alluded that this is this is to make Seth look better. Oh really? Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know if that's just his opinion or he knows something. But mm. that was the impression. Trying he gave. to like improve his sort of social standings, yeah. uh, particularly in the Twitter sphere. <clears throat> then we got Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss, which didn't go that long because Bliss feigned an ankle injury after a exploder suplex. Uh, but when Becky Lynch is walking to the match, Michael Cole said, Seth Rollins is that woman's boyfriend. Yeah, and actually that No, ties- not that one. Uh, <laughs> that, that one. That ties into that, uh, what you were saying about Meltzer then, where they're trying to like rehab Seth mm. a little bit. To be like, oh, you like her? Well, she likes Seth. Yeah, yeah. She likes him so much, they do naughty things together. Anyway, Alexa was really good at selling the ankle here, but mm. I don't, no one bought it. No. Uh, so it kind of failed as a, a surprise element. And then Nikki Cross got in the ring with Becky. They had a match. Becky beat her almost instantly. And then the whole point of the ruse, Bliss and Cross attacked Becky. None of this worked for me. Yeah. Because you could have just done that right from the get-go. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. essentially you, got, you won over on her by losing twice. Good going, I guess. Well, <laughs> oh, hold you on. showed me. <laughs> Plan executed. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with that. I d- maybe I'm... Look, I was in a good mood for this episode because I really enjoyed it. And a lot of this stuff... If this was on a bad show, I would have torn it apart. But the the real point of this is Becky and Natalia. 
And I like the Becky and Natalia stuff of this. That's interesting, yeah. Okay, which, which is fair yeah. enough, because I'm, I'm not that fussed on this feud at the moment. I just wish that Becky was feuding with someone that felt bigger time than Natty does. Yes. And I get that they're trying to do something with Natty at the moment, but... It's it's the gender argument all over again, which is you can't just treat someone like a jobber and not feature them on TV and then all of a sudden expect you to buy into them as a challenger or as the number one contender. If we'd have done some building of Natty in sort of like the three, four months where Becky was feuding with Lacey Evans, then she would have felt like a credible challenger. But at the moment, she doesn't. And I get that they're trying, but it's you've got to try really hard to establish her in that role. And for a longer period of time, like yeah. you said, building up to it. I totally agree. Uh, I, I just, I guess I've compartmentalised that, and I'm just like... Because I think Natalia was part of that mix of people who would go down to NXT in those initial mm. women's evolution stages down there with with Paige and, yep. and Charlotte. Yeah, and, uh, so I think Natalia versus Becky Lynch... I reckon they're going to really work hard oh, and put yeah. on a great match. As I said from day one, they should have a really good match together. In fact, they should have a great match together. And do you know what I really enjoy? A stipulation match that makes sense. Yes. And that's what they did here, kind of, <laughs> yeah. where Natalia runs down, looks like she's going to save Becky from being beaten up by Alexa and Cross, but actually she just puts her in the sharpshooter. Cool, badass. Then backstage, she's talking to Kayla and says, this isn't about friendships. Because I think Kayla asked something stupid like, but she's your friend. Well, that's because the past two weeks have been built around them, the, their friends, which has never really been established on screen before. Mm. And we, we always criticise WWE for being lazy and probably semi-misogynistic for writing women's characters all around friendships and rather than what they should be fighting for, their you know, the title. Yeah. And that's exactly what Natalia said here. It's not about friendships. It's about professionalism. Mm -hmm. And I challenge, I would challenge Becky to a submission match. Well, no, she said, I challenge Becky to a submission match, but she's not man enough to accept it. So I'm not going to challenge her. Mm. And I, I just thought the wording of it was so clunky. I had to yeah. rewind it to work out the point she was making. Well, I, I thought she did challenge her to a submission match. It yeah. was only after you said said she didn't. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that, and that's why I mean by it being clunky. Yes, yeah. Because if she'd have just said, I challenge her to this match, and then next we can have Becky accept it, it would have felt, I don't know, it's just, it's just better that way. And it wouldn't have felt so clunky. Um, but if a Natalia versus Lynch submission match is what's on the horizon, which it certainly seems to be, Cool. Makes sense. I think mate. that's really good. Makes sense. Then we had Maria Canellis having her 24 7 title photo shoot, being really obnoxiously heelish. And then she backs into Braun Strowman. So Braun's now with the 24 7 title picture, I guess. Well, I don't know what's happening here. Maria just kind of tells Braun off for like invading her personal space. She's a pregnant, don't you know? Mm. And just doing various crazy pregnant lady gimmicks. Well, she had challenged him to pin her. Mm. And then she didn't. And I think that's when she called herself the mumster among men. And then she walked off. And Braun just went... <laughs> started breathing, yeah. So, I don't know why, but I got from this, Maria's going to be Braun's manager. What? <laughs> I don't know. Or is she going to hire Braun to be her protection? Hey. I, I mean, the terrible use of Braun, but if if this is very definitely a Paul Heyman thing, you know, that whole Canellis storyline has, has got him, his more sensationalist tendencies written all over it. Mm. And Heyman tends to make this stuff work. 
And maybe this is his grand plan for Braun Strowman. It's to put him in the 24-7 title hey, picture. Hey, Lord knows he's floundering, though. I know he had a bit of oomph off he's, the Lashley I was going to say, he should be having massive momentum off the back of Extreme Rules. Mm. Well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I trust in Heyman. So we'll see where it goes. But it was weird. Uh, I didn't hate it, but it was weird. So weird, yeah. Very weird. And then we got the Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler match in the big... Samoan Summit Brawl to end the show. See, you I loved it. Loved it. Five out of five from me. Admittedly, it's a low bar. Yeah. And five out of five doesn't necessarily mean five out of five if it was a New Japan show because I just drive myself mad. But I thought this was bloody entertaining and, crucially, to give it the five out of five, memorable. That's the key to it, I think, is it had a nice, memorable, two big, memorable, like, closing moments. And I thought that the Gauntlet match had a lot of really good in-ring action, particularly with Cesaro and Ray. There's a lot to be enjoyed from this. The um, three-way for the tag titles was really good. You know, and I could certainly... Tag change, title change, two title titles, change. three title changes. And I do... I will see the criticisms of the 24-7 title opening the show because it's not the... I wouldn't say it's the best way to entice new viewers into the product. But actually, I thought a lot of the stuff, if you're a new viewer, it would make you want to stick around and watch next week. I thought there was some really, really great stuff on this show. And uh, you're right. The bar is so low for Raw in 2019 that it's a five out of five show. Yeah. Or at the very least, a four out of five. Four and a half. Five, four and up. Crikey, get my words out. 4.5 out of five. 4.75. That's the one. to melt to 4.892 yeah. out of five. Let's get it, over to... It would to... have been five and a half if it was in the Tokyo Dome. I mucked up the trying to do changes. changes. I did it at the start. Over to him. Thanks for the epic intro. You're welcome. Uh, we have chop a lot later. of super chats to get through. Chop so chop you later. <laughs> We're not doing it. Speaking so, to his chopulation. We'll whiz through these. Right, thanks. Chop through them. Um, these are some <laughs> of the Quick ones chops. from earlier. Chop, 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 chop. Masawa chops. <laughs> from Wilson Simmons, uh, who says, <laughs> Rollins should be dead. He shouldn't even show up to SummerSlam. Replace the main event with Gargano versus Adam Cole. Baby. Yeah, sure. That's yeah, quite funny. Not, That's yeah. how you sell an injury. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did say that apparently Tommaso Ciampa is ready for um, action again come mid-August. So maybe he could be, set, uh, he could be, he can be Seth Rollins' replacement. Uh, we got one from Je Jesse Venable who says, That was the best WWE show I've seen in some time. Didn't think Brock would show, but when his music hit, everyone popped. First genuine pop from me too. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, It was a Brock appearance in 2019 that made sense. It was great. Adam Nicholson says, Support Wrestle Twerk. It's <laughs> <laughs> from a screen stalker yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Tim Arndt comes in and says I would like to sincerely apologise to all the pod swafters I know that a lot of my super chats haven't been very insightful or relevant <laughs> recently it's fine uh, Timothy Platt says well the 24-7 title was the best part of WWE no I wouldn't say it's the best part on today it's, I mean, it's been very enjoyable, and I think it is still enjoyable. It's just enjoyable in a different way now, which is very important. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we've got uh, Ryan B. Bad again, who says, one of the best Raws in two years. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying this morning, you were trying to think of like a Raw in the last couple of years that was better than this, and I honestly couldn't remember one. So yeah, yeah so maybe this was the best Raw in the last few years. Definitely. I agree. Uh, then we've got Ryan F says those F5 Seth took on the chair were cringeworthy. Oof, weren't they just? 
Well, they made him bleed from the the tongue. Yeah. Uh, Bomberbo says, Hi guys, big fan from Denmark, love your show. First off, yay or nay for a grade called Smagnificent. Secondly, <laughs> what would your WWE Mount Rushmore be? I like Smagnificent. That's yeah, that's a good. yay from me. That's a yay from me. Maybe I'll change that in tomorrow's review. Mount Rushmore would be Hulk Hogan, Bruno mm-hmm. Sammartino, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Says, says a lot about the company that that sort of cuts off at 2004. Yeah, I suppose the only, like, if you were to do, maybe if I was to change one of those, maybe I'd take out San Martino and put Cena in there. If you, were to, if you want to try and add a modern name in. Yeah, yeah. As someone who, like, really brought it into the mainstream-ish. Well, Cena could be there. You just can't, just can't see, see him. him. Is, there, is there our four face on Mount yeah, Rushmore, right? Yeah. Okay. We're uh, so good at American geography. <laughs> in Washington. <laughs> Abram Penner says, not going to lie, stop talking, <laughs> we have super chats to do. <laughs> Abram Penner says, not going to lie, I was a bit squeamish for the F5s. Yeah, me too. Yeah, mate. well, that's good. That's a visceral response that you're getting from, from the blood and from the mouth. That, that's good wrestling. Particularly that one on the um, stretcher. I really liked Corey like, saying, like, I don't even want to watch it. Mm. Don't, why are we showing replays of this? I thought it was really cool commentary from, uh, from Corey. Uh, one from Rex Joseph Calmerin, who says, Where was Roman when Seth was murdered? Baby faces! I know, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that is a problem, but, you know, that's, that, it was a good show! <laughs> so, I would say that on SmackDown yesterday, uh, not yesterday, last week, when a baby face was getting beaten down, he's like, Why don't you have any friends? Why are none of your friends helping you? Uh, Sparks come in, comes in and just says, Raw is now hashtag Heyman Hustle. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, this is a very Heyman show. Uh, Snake Lord Gaming says, My super chat is dedicated to Tomo, Tim, and JJ. All hail. The trifecta. Yeah, JJ messaged me today saying he's not going to be in the chat uh, today, but Aww. wanted to let me know that the 24 7 title was the best thing on the show. <laughs> uh, Caleb Maldonado says, You guys hear this cool podcast called Ramble Club? <laughs> Yeah, that is a cool show. When's it out? When's it out? It's already out. Ooh, baby. Out now for our $10 and above backers. It's me, Ollie, and Laurie having some drinks, talking nonsense for two and a half hours, and crucially, doing karaoke. It wasn't as drunk and crazy as the last episode. It's because we started at three. Yeah, but if you, and it wasn't a Friday. I think that, that really plays into it. But if you sign up now, you can listen to all the previous Ramble Clubs. Yeah. Uh, we've got one from uh, Abram Penner again, who says, Storyline twist, Heyman to turn on Lesnar. I mean, that's one way they could do it. I'm not against that. It's been an act for so long. Mm. Having said that, though, when he turned against Lesnar and went with Big Show, it was less good. Mm. Uh, one from Anton H, who says, The Becky Hill turn is back on. Natty won't be booed in Toronto, of course. I think it'll be. I think it'll make for a heated match. There's, there'll probably be quite a travelling crowd to SummerSlam, yeah, so it won't point. be. It won't be all Canadians. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, we got one from Grain who says, "My first super chat. Thanks for all the content. You all bunch of pretty people." Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Kind You're of you. prettier. Uh, Ryan B. Bad comes in again and says. Chopper the morning to you. We, <laughs> we need more Chopper Pete. Well, thanks. Appreciate hey, you get it. more Chopper Pete. Uh, d- uh, chop, you, chop. Can, you can tell this is the very start of the stream because we get like three in a row of just like, oh, Chopper. <laughs> so there's one from Dustin Pylon who says, Chopper hype. I wish Cesaro won the gauntlet match. Well, that's what you said. I, I think they I made the right decision. I just wanted to go further. 
We got one from Rev J Moon, who says, This is my first ever Susu Super Chat. Love and appreciate all you do. We're watching you from South Carolina. Oh, oh, thank you so near much. Near Washington. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy Bell says, because of the 24-7 championship, do you think a current wrestler could beat Raven's record of most WWE title wins? Definitely. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what it's there for, really. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Rex Joseph Calmerin comes in again and says, no more two out of three falls and restarting matches. It's oh, the Heyman era. So good. I was hey, man. thrilled, thrilled by it. Uh, we got one from uh, the King's RQT who says, I gave this Raw two stars. Feel like we watched different shows. Like the tag, but the rest was okay at best. Needed Bailey Sting or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, I think if you gave two out of five stars to this Raw and you didn't enjoy it, you should probably take a break from wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this was, you know, this was so much better than what we've had for like a year. And bear in mind as well, we are grading that on Raw standards. Yes. And, sort of, and WWE standards. Uh, we got one from Danny W, who says, I turned it off the last hour, RIP me. Oh, mate, got it. You missed some of the best stuff. But in fairness, though, he has been, like, as most WWE viewers have, been trained to think that the third hour is pointless. Yeah. Uh, we got one from Limps, Tomo's number two fan, hmm. who says, I'll forego, I'll forego the sanctioned manslaughter of Seth Rollins, so damn what a chaotically fun show. This should be the bar. Cheers, Luke, Ollie, Randall, Keith, Datsun, wonderful Aussie peep super chat trio, Tomo, <laughs> Jobber, Tim. All, all love to the trifecta. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, I, even if this was the bar, I would still say this is a bit above mm-hmm. average. I would still yeah. give it four out of five mm-hmm. on, on perfect standards. Uh, Jay Buller Buller comes in and says, how long will Seth be off TV in your opinions? Seven days. He'll be back yeah. on Raw Monday. <laughs> back on Raw. He's got a match at summer. Seven days. Yep. Uh, Ronce Rajan comes in and says break up the street profits give Montez Ford the US title give Dawkins no. the mandible claws mm, no, too no, early yeah make them a tag team for four years yep. then you then you build them up they've got something you don't want to rush it no uh, Jacob O'Keefe comes in and says thoughts on Joe the OC and Drew versus Roman the Usos and Cedric becoming a match at SummerSlam keep up the good work actually yeah that, doing that at SummerSlam is a really good shout having a big chaotic eight-man tag. I'm more into that than I am them having singles matches and tag matches. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd I'd prefer that as a go-home match for SummerSlam where you've got. Yeah, no, I don't think you're right, but I think actually having that on pay-per-view and giving them 20 minutes would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Ryan B. Bad comes in once again, who says, "Didn't mind the bliss stuff, but those Maria segments were cringeworthy." Oh, I like Maria. I can see why you people wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I liked it more than the Moment of Bliss. Uh, we got another super chat from Wilson Simons who came in earlier. Just checking that his early super chat did come in. Yes, it did. Thank you. Uh, and then we got one from Elijah Whitfield who says, it was the battle of the Michael fanboy club blonde Michaels versus brunette Michaels. Is there something to do with Sean? Uh, no, it's, it's to, to do Dolph with Dolph? Seth. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're both Shawn Michaels fans. And, and they're stomping. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Very good. Right. I get it. We now. got there. We worked it out. Eventually, we'll get there. Good job, Arnie. Um, uh, Wilson Simons comes in again and says Becky should have come out and stood up to Brock. Makes Becky look badass and not like a mean person. That's not what he said, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been a bit clunky. I don't. I don't know how they would do it. But I'm not against that idea. I mm-hmm. just can't see how you would make that. 
I don't see how you make that segment better. Apart from just having Roman removed from the building to close that, that yeah. little logic hole. We got one from Michael Lacroix, who says, Am I right to say we saw no Fiend last night? You are right. Yeah, unless there was something in the background that we missed. I don't, yeah, I don't think so, unless they are, unless they are moving into a SmackDown thing. Is Balor on SmackDown? Well, apparently the reports are, yeah, he is. <laughs> there are reports that they're doing away with the... The wild card. The wild card, so yeah. Mm. Uh, another one from Tanner Starika, who says, I want Brock to win at SummerSlam. I can't stand Seth. That was the only good segment IMO. No Bray ruined it for me. Trying to be positive, it's just mediocre. Oh, well, yeah, uh, that's a shame that you feel that way. Mm. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the show. I'm really hoping that Seth <coughs> wins at SummerSlam. Yeah, same, actually. Uh, we got one from Rob Pontin, who this is in reference to the earlier Super Chat, who said someone thought that Nikki called Becky an arrogant C-word. Yeah. It was, uh, she called her an arrogant Celt, not the uh, C-word. Uh, <laughs> so it's close, go, but not yeah. quite. She did, yeah, she was talking about the Celtic pride, wasn't she? And like, mm-hmm. where's your Celtic pride? Beloved like aunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Kirby enthusiasm joke. Uh, AJ Lawrence comes in and says, uh, would you ever start a WrestleTalk subreddit? Uh, we started everything else and then slowly forgotten about it. Oh, so yeah. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could do that with Reddit. Just waiting on the WrestleTalk Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Mazora says, if I were a new, view- a new viewer and I saw that opening, I would definitely stay. I think millennial and Gen Z humor would particularly appreciate the 24-7 title, especially with it using social media as well. I think if you were... A, uh, actually, yeah, I'd, I would actually say to that, if you're a lapsed fan, you would say, oh, it's the hardcore belt, and maybe that would make you stick around and watch, yeah. I could say, yeah, certainly see it that way. Uh, Green Vega Club says, People want the Attitude Era back, but they can't stand a beatdown angle. People don't know what they want. Also, lovely time with the boys. Yeah. It is a lovely time with the boys. Yeah. Pe- people do not know what they want. No. Uh, as, as a mass. Yeah. Yeah. Give me what I want. Uh, Draws Walker 9 says, 24-7 title has been over-the-top fun. What could be done to make the other titles mean something? Uh, I think they're slowly making them feel mean something. I'm, exci- you know, I'm interested in the US title because the club have got it. Yeah. I'm now, in- I'm now interested in the tag titles because the club have got them. Yeah. Tournaments. Uh, Reggie Marshall says, uh, Not cool how we gave up on Ziggler. He should have won against Seth since he was distracted with a super kick behind the Kofi push, but we gave up on Ziggler not because he sucks, because WWE screwed it up. No, Z- Ziggler should not be pinning Seth at this point. Absolutely no. not. Not no. even with a distraction. Uh, we got one from Raya, who says, I love the Street Profits, but were they annoying? Nope. No, 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 no. Nope, no. Not for me this week. No, I don't think they've been annoying at all yet. They had a moment at Extreme Rules. Oh, did they? Which I didn't really like. Okay. And it was the first time I've ever had a Street Profits segment that I didn't like. Mm. I can see they could cross over into that, but I really hope they don't. Well, when they were, when me and Laurie were doing the NXT reviews, which we're still doing, obviously, um, it's been a bit of a split. There have been people who, like me and Laurie, love them, but there are people who just mm. hate them. There's no in-between. We got one from Myron Siren, who says, What's up, champs? Uh, would you guys be keen on seeing an HBK versus Goldberg match in 2019? Huh. Who do you think should go over? Thank you for all the rambling. New. No, no, I wouldn't. Uh, no. But I'm sure we'll get it in Saudi Arabia at some point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matthew Shields says, I hope they add Finn Balor to the club the same way they added Strong to the Undisputed Era, and I think they should do it at WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good idea. But yeah, Balor, Balor's got to go with the club. 
Uh, we got one from Timmy Tizzy who says, Hey guys, I'm an OG fan and I must say I'm very proud of how you and your peers' business have grown. Hashtag a toast to wrestle talk. Hashtag too sweet me. Ah, too, too sweet. sweet. Thank yeah. you very much. It's very cool of you. Thank you so much. Uh, your casual fan says Twitter spawned itself a beast incarnate, which manifested all the hate for Becky's boyfriend into Brock Lesnar, who then slayed the so-called Slayer. Support Wrestle Talk and leave the super chats in the podcast. We oh well, that's a pod poll entry. Wow, that means we have the power to manifest Brock Lesnar's emotions. <laughs> Uh, David Myers says, Calling it now. Maria is holding her daughter. A ref shows up and their daughter pins Maria to become the youngest 24-7 champion of all time. She's got to hold that for a long old time, though. Will people care in nine months? Yeah. Well, it sounds like that if they're going to... It's seven months, right? Is it seven months? I don't know. I, I don't know where I heard seven months. That might not be true. But yeah. If she holds it that entire time, WWE have lost interest already. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Someone did say that, like, when she's lying down on her back, technically, her fetus is pinning her. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. But then my argument is, well, surely (coughs) that unborn fetus has got to get a ref in to count the pinfall. Which is going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elijah Whitfield I believe this is in reference to something you were talking about earlier he said the New Day mentioned it last week it's white gold apparently the, the titles uh, I think uh, okay, the, the silver tag team championship mm-hmm. yes. yeah. Yeah. still ugly though <laughs> uh, Judas Black says Braun is her baby's daddy I hope it's not Braun Ooh, maybe baby among men <laughs> that is spicy uh, Mitchell Hayfell says what are some moves that you guys will always pop for in wrestling the F5 yeah F5's love good love the F5 such a cool move people's elbow yeah try not to get excited oh, about an elbow drop the worm that bit yeah uh, we've got Eric Enigma, who says, can we all agree that Tanahashi has the best hair? Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's obviously. Obviously. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that, that's, it's undisputed. Mm-hmm. And we know hair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juan Martinez says, anybody miss Baron Corbin? <laughs> I didn't even say this. No Shane McMahon, no Baron Corbin on this episode. Yeah. Wow. It's nice. Crazy. And somehow managed a five out of five show. <laughs> uh, Dan from Pensacola, Florida, it's his full name, says... That's where Jim- Daniel Bryan's from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Uso was arrested right here in Pensacola. <laughs> Not kidding, literally a mile from my friend's house. His name is DK. Can you get a shout out? <laughs> sure, DK. Donkey well, Kong. DK. Yeah. For living Doug. close to a crime scene. <laughs> Uh, the big dog two three eight three Acosta says, "You guys think Brock takes liberties with some guys when giving a beatdown? Do you think the guys like taking bumps for Brock, who doesn't seem to care? And is it me or does Brock never get his comeuppance?" Ah, I thought Brock got his comeuppance at WrestleMania when he lost the belt. He's never made to look really stupid though, and well, that's part of his appeal. Yeah, that's, that's part of the appeal. Yeah, yeah. Is you don't want to make him look stupid. Like, but I, I was gone. I was gonna. Well, I was gonna. I was just about to say, when is he ever just beaten decisively? But that hey, that Goldberg feud was built around Brock getting these comeuppance and underestimating brilliant. an opponent. That's why it was a genius. Incredible, feud. incredible. Um, but I don't think that he takes liberties with people. I think it's very much it's the it's the Ronda Rousey thing of like when she was getting you know like black arms and all these welts and stuff. It's because she was saying lay these shots in, don't don't hold back, don't make it look fake. I'd imagine Seth is probably saying like, mate, just toss me around, like make this look as good as possible he's a rough boy Mm. Uh, we got one from Nico the arms dealer which I believe is a Devil May Cry reference Mm. uh, who says uh, Brock should have just F5 the entire ambulance (laughs) yeah well he's not Braun Strowman (laughs) 
Uh, Rashim Dixon says, uh, 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 we don't want to read that one. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth uh, Mazora says, the characters you were thinking of are named Trinculo and Stefano from Tempest. Hey! And then put What a cultured ha- swath nation we <laughs> heart have. Heart emoji for thinking of Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Trinculo. I remember Trinculo. Yeah. I think I've only. They're very funny. I've only read a handful of Shakespeare books that I had to do when I was at school. Mm. And uh, I like Twelfth Night. The comedies are very funny when performed live. Yeah. Yeah. And that's about the only one I can remember. I'm going on a tour of the Globe Theatre. Really? Shakespeare's Theatre soon. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, John Marth says, uh, haven't donated in a while. Have a bit of money. Keep up the good (laughs) S-word. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Cheers. That's good (laughs) S-word. Ben Greenwood says, poor Cesaro, too good for his position on the card. Yeah, but now Pet Heyman's in charge, I hope, because Cesaro, lest you forget, is a, a Paul Heyman guy. Yeah, legit. Like, he used to be his manager at one point. So, you know, him and Curtis Axel, huge pushes. <laughs> and Ryback. And Ryback. Let's and Ryback. Let's not forget. Uh, CM Punk Return Confirmed says, uh, <laughs> best Raw this year, actually hyped for SummerSlam. Totally agree. Uh, Top Deck Land says, uh, Hell in a Cell is still two months away, but it'll be in my city. Who do you guys want to see in the Cell match? Who do you guys think will be in the match? Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that you have to book feuds around a stipulation hard, hard slotted into the year, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what's got an, as, a, as much venom behind it. To, to I'm going to say uh, the club versus the family, six, I, yeah, six yeah, man, tornado good. tag. That would be good. Uh, David Myers comes in again and says, uh, I was talking about Micah Maria's first kid, Moon, pitting Maria. The first kid, not the oh, the first, not the kid. newborn. Ah, yeah. Potentially, that would be something. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Belgraf says, uh, "Will you be live streaming all out? I'll be there live." Oh yes, we will. We will. So you know, have us on your phone. Kill all your data. Yeah. Uh, David Three X says, uh, "Glad we didn't see the Omni Shane on Raw." Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Oh. And then uh, Tomo says, Tomo. Tomo. Uh, like I normally do, love for everyone. Hashtag love from Tomo. Love you too, love Tomo. You too, mate. And then finally, uh, just want to say thank you to Cree Finch, Emilio Rivas, Jeff Senzibar, Timmy Tizzy, Timmy Tizzy again, <laughs> Mr. Yuck, and The Flying V for all donating, but without messages. Oh, thank you so, thank so you, much. Thank you, all you people. And thank you, everyone who got involved in the su- 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 super chats. Indeed. And Thank well, you we as have, well. We don't have uh, $25 and above pay, uh, pledge hammers to shout out because we've done them all for the month in this sort of proper format. But I do want to give a quick shout out to Magnus Jewel Thompson and Ryan Kester who have come in the last couple of days. You'll get your proper shout outs next month when we do them and we get everyone together. Well, then I'll reroute those thanks also to those to everyone right now who's clicking the link in the video description below to go to Screen Stalker and subscribe there because we have a very good show that goes up every day, Monday to Friday, giving you all the geeky culture news that you need that isn't wrestling, video games, comic books, movies. Shakespeare references. Do you want to see me suck at the Lion King for the Mega Drive? 
Then watch Screen Stalker today, mate. Uh, it's, it, it was me and Luke yesterday. Go and watch that. That was a really fun episode. It's you and Pete today. What are you talking about? So we're talking about the GTA 5 and Rockstar North controversy where they've made a heck of a lot of money on that game but have paid no corporation tax. And now there are tax watch people who are going to start investigating them for not paying any corporation tax. Uh, we're also going to be talking about possible huge returns character-wise for Thor Love and Thunder. And I reviewed the Lion King while playing Lion King for the Mega Drive. Oh, and Pete watches the trailer for the Blair Witch video game, which <laughs> he did not have fun with. Thanks. Hate it. <laughs> so I just want to do all iTunes reviews. Before we get into that, so I went on a 4x4 uh, four four experience over the weekend. Where four guys get together with four girls. Uh, no, not quite. Uh, it's a bit of a different kind. Because I was home experience. alone, and that's what I looked up <laughs> online. Uh, no, the, so it was my dad's 60th a couple of years ago, and he's got a, uh, a big truck that's got 4x4 capability, and he's always wanted to properly take it off-road. Oh, wow. So for his 60th birthday, me and my brother got him this sort of 4x4 experience thing that he can then go out and he can drive the car around and take it proper off-road. And so we got him this thing. It's taken us like a couple of years to kind of like actually get us all together so we can do it. And, you know, that's been problems this and there. But we finally got to do it this weekend. It was going to be what we used to call dads and lads when we were kids. Me, <laughs> me, Ben and my dad would go camping with my uncle and his two sons. And yeah, it was amazing. We called it dads and lads weekends. So now we're bringing back dads and lads weekends and we went camping. So I'll be honest, I was expecting this to be a four by four experience you know a track that has been made up like you're sort of nodding as if like that's what yeah. you'd be expecting as well a track that's made up and you kind of go there you get given a truck or you can use your own truck and then you go around and you do the four by four thing maybe do some time trials and things like that what this was well this was a land rover society that noah farmer who just lets them use his hundred acres of land oh. lets them camp on there and they can just drive their trucks around in this sort of like boggy landscape that's got these massive hills and woods and stuff and it is just like essentially they say you cannot be precious about your car because if you're precious about your car you're just going to get it ruined it's all about having a land rover and getting it wrecked and, do it, and causing a lot of damage to it, getting stuck, having your mates kind of pull you out of this mess, and then spending some time fixing up the dents and stuff that you've just created. Wow. Yeah. And was it fun? Did you camp? Oh, we, we did camp, yeah. Yeah, because everyone kind of gets together at the end. You have sort of this big barbecue, and you sit down, and you have a few drinks. And, it's, and it was quite a lot. And they were all very, very nice people as well, I do want to point out. They were very, very nice people. It's just not what I was expecting. And also, my dad likes his truck and didn't really want to get it ruined. Uh. So we did a couple of days. Also, I was terrified. So he's a pretender. <laughs> I don't think my dad was quite expecting it to be like this as well. I don't think my brother was either. Neither of us were. But it was a case that yeah, my, we did like a couple of the hills and stuff, which were fun, but I was genuinely terrified. My dad let me drive his car. What incline are we talking on those hills? Uh, I don't know, but I'll be honest with you. One of the hills we couldn't actually get up. <laughs> like in 4 by 4 we, we could not get up the hill. Wow. Like it was It was raining at the weekend. And it was as well. raining as well, which certainly didn't Muddy. help. But we would get to a certain point, get stuck, and then just start sliding downhill. It's quite fun. It was, it was terrifying, mate. 
There was one point we went up this little mound because my brother pointed and I said like, oh, let's go do that. So we went up this little mound and going up, it was kind of fine. But when we got down to the other end, it was so short, but it was also near vertical. It looked like our bonnet was going to hit the floor first. Oh, geez. Yeah. It really was like a like to get back down again. And a couple of the guys around there have been like, oh, yeah, no, I've, t- I've taken the, the cars off like off the grounds, probably like Dukes of Hazard <gasps> style. Did you? No. Again, oh. my dad didn't want to wreck his car. There was one guy who got himself stuck and tried to winch himself out because they've all got winches on their cars because they take this very, very seriously. And he'd winched himself around a tree and was trying to pull himself out using the tree and just pulled the tree down onto his car. <laughs> <laughs> caved in his roof, smashed up his oh windscreen. Oh my god! You saw that happen? No, no, no. He just he you came, saw the aftermath. No, he called round to like, can someone come and pull me out because I'm now stuck under a tree or, on top of things. Oh, and yes. when he came round, and his like car was completely smashed up, so he spent the rest of the afternoon just getting various bits of sheet metal and just cutting out the bits that he needs, just like unprotected as well, with no mask on or anything, just cutting those sheets out and then welding it back onto his car to fix his roof. And then he's like, wow. yeah, he goes, yeah, I'm going to have to fix the windscreen, but it'll be fine for me to like drive around tomorrow and then drive home on Sunday as well. To sum up the sort of person that was there, there was one guy who had some stickers on his Land Rover. And there was one sticker that really caught my eye. And I was like, I think this sums up the sort of person who would really enjoy this. And it just said, no airbags. We'll die like real men. Wow. And I thought, that's irresponsible. Gonna-. And I thought, like, you're going to die idiot <laughs> <laughs> Luke you said a swear it's <laughs> no. a good s word though yeah it's a good s word wow that is I mean I, I would like to go on one of those in theory that sounds very exciting in practice I think I'd be scared at the start mm. then I'd get really into it but then I'd very quickly start thinking this is just messy it, and it was messy. Yeah. It was messy. A lot of, because uh, it's a proper, like, farmer's field. So it's just sheep crap everywhere. Mm. Like, everywhere. Like, there was not a safe place you could stand. Did you hit any livestock? No livestock, no. It was woken up uh, very early in the morning by, like, a group of cockerels, though, and sheep that were grazing around our tent uh, first thing in the morning. Mm. And it was really fun. I've been bitten by the camping bug, though. Like, the Ooh. following morning, I was looking up buying myself a new tent. And like camping gear and stuff. And I've been told to my wife's like, let's definitely go camping. We should go camping on like, we'll do camping weekends. So I'm, I'm proper into camping at the moment. Camping is really nice. Not for the stuff in the tent. It's the sitting outside yes. in the middle of your group oh, of tents. Absolutely. And just shooting the Tyler Breeze. Oh, love it. Knocking back bevies. Yes, please. And getting horribly sunburned. Lovely stuff, mate. Doing crosswords. Yeah, oh yeah, nice. Um, I thought this was an interesting uh, email that came in as well. This came from Jacobs. Uh, came from Jacob on the subject of state names. You know, last week we called uh, Americans lazy for yeah. being unoriginal. <laughs> yeah, because they've named like forty of their fifty whatever states Washington. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Jacob emailed in to say, "Hey guys, you say that Americans are lazy for naming stuff, but keep in mind." It was the British people that named the original states. The ones we kicked out! After places they already knew. So they're not entirely the Northeast is clumped as literally New England. Yeah, I guess it's more of a, this is, I'm claiming this for England. Yeah. So there's that mentality, sure. Then as you move out west, the people just claim larger areas of land so they didn't have to come up with names. It's your guys' ancestors' fault that we are lazy. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. But you're... They're your ancestors, too. (laughs) 
Uh, he also emailed in to say, um, hello, Rusty, except Randy, uh, just commenting on the American event stuff. He said, preface, nobody in America is okay with the absurd prices of event concessions. It is BS. Wow. Those $15 beers are 16 ounces. So you're paying three times more for only 0.5 times more beer. It's really outrageous. I don't know why. I, I get that, you know, like, every everyone's got, every society's got things where you're like, I can't believe this is so expensive. But you do it anyway. Like, the price of coffee around here, we still get it. I mean, you do, I get this free coffee here, mate. Yeah, but then, but fancy coffee. This is fancy coffee. The co- mucker. You say, I mean, I mean, I think it's fancy coffee because it's out of a filter. I mean, I, I just have ground coffee That's at a home. cup of joe. <laughs> Well, yeah, I know that's fancy, mate. I have I have tinned like, like ground stuff at home. Yeah, instant coffee. Exactly, insta coffee. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so this but, is fancy. But the fifteen dollar price point for the the alcohol in arenas is so out there. There should be riots. <laughs> yeah. You should trash the arenas. Yes. It's extortion. Uh, he also adds, because basically he's like listed out a few things here. Everyone gets super drunk and eats before the event, but the drunkenness makes us more tempted to buy these expensive beers uh. because Americans are sad and want to keep drunk <laughs> no matter the price. Or it's because the alcohol impairs people and we're too drunk or desperate to care. So I always, I've always been fascinated by tailgate parties. Mm. I always think that's quite a, a fun, particularly American quirk. And I think you decide baseball and the, the whole mythology around it. They do them at um, NFL games in London. Yeah. But that, like, I always thought it was just the price of getting in that's prohibitive. But actually, that sounds more like, oh, I'm not going to go into the game and buy loads of beer there. I'm just going to buy a cheap pack of beer from the off-license or supermarket, whatever you call it over there, and drink it out of my car. The thing with the $15 beer is, as well, is like, yeah, $15 is a lot. But then if you buy two... For you and a friend, that's 30 bucks. Good maths. That it, I know, right? Quick maths. Yeah, it is. Uh, he also adds, all American lagers, Budweiser's Miller, are between 4 and 5% ABV. But that, I believe, is a difference to what sort of like English ABV is. Oh, really? I believe so. Uh, Americans, is it more or less? It's less. Yeah. Americans call all American lagers cheap beer because it's the only stuff you drink until you graduate college, get a job, and afford craft beer, or you're hosting a party. The reason event stuff is so expensive is because of the price uh, principles of monopolies. You can't bring off food or drink, you can't bring in food or drinks, and you can't buy them anywhere else, so you are stuck with their annoying prices because... Capitalism. Fun fact: most people here have a have a favorite American beer, but if you blind taste all of them without knowledge, which is which, they all taste exactly the same, (laughs) and ninety percent of people can't tell the difference. That is true. All American beers do taste the same. That's tribalism. Yes, I bet someone else already emailed in saying that contradicts my point. But guess what? The US is a big place, and there's no real um, and there's no real does things differently. Uh, So it's like pants sizes or trouser sizes if you're from England. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things can vary depending on where you go. Luke, try on your trousers first before you buy them like you say to wwe for not planning matches around commercials it's not that hard i love you luke forgive the banter have a good one he just schooled you son a little bit oh damn oh damn um do you want to have uh do you want to do your itunes reviews then and then we've got some other we've got some other emails and we'll do those on we've actually got a few rusev haze in as well nice so we'll do those on tomorrow's show yeah because i've got to go because i've got a spider-man movie to go and watch finally and and i'm gonna go watch the mask at the prince charles cinema on 35 mil gorgeous 35 mil on my own you say gorgeous 35 mil you mean heavily deteriorated annoyingly worn inferior sound quality scratchy picture love it 35 mil would prefer it to a big just watching on dvd would much prefer it you mean 
But what about digital projection, which is better? Which I'd much prefer that. I'd much prefer 35mm over digital projection. For an older movie, particularly. Mm. Well, uh, speaking of older movies, I just want to, because I'm obsessed with it and I can't stop listening to the soundtrack. Oh my God, The Blues Brothers. I've never seen it before. I watched it on Sunday. I can't shake it. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm going to learn everybody and all Dan Aykroyd's, Elwood's mm-hmm. fast talking bits. I'm just going to make that my karaoke song. Yeah. Because I haven't got a go to. I've got, a, I've got ones that I do, but I don't have one that I've perfected. And mm-hmm. I want to perfect that one. It's a good shout as well. Um, are you tempted to watch Blues Brothers 2000? I, there's many movies to watch before I watch that. I mean, I would even say when you've watched all those movies, find some other movies. <laughs> Uh, Okay, but very quickly, iTunes reviews, because as that person said in the intro, it does help grow the podcast and it really helps us out here. So please do rate us, uh, preferably five stars. And crinnies, because you hate them so much. This is the end of the podcast. You're you're done now. I'll, I'll get through them really quickly as well. Let's screw it. Let's experiment with people asking questions as well. Write a line or two about the actual show. Yeah. Make sure they're short it. questions. Don't ask us to yeah, book yeah. a feud or like, what's your perfect five-on-five match or anything like that. Okay, so first up from Yido Johnny, down with the Discorders. Love this podcast. <laughs> oh god, it's controversial right out the gate. It's so good. I barely have to watch Raw and SmackDown anymore and subject myself to what could have been magic chemistry between the lead presenters Ollie and Luke, Laurie, and he who will not be named i hereby am starting an itunes review revolution down with the discorders keep up the excellent consistent consistency lovely time with the boys is awaited by all who listen to it thanks mate thank you very much and carlito 1805 soon to be a pledge hammer brilliant podcast love looking forward to the next episode every week makes my job go quickly too p.s blake ham you piece of crap and pss look Love you guys. Keep on being awesome. Yeah. Ah, Thank you very much, everybody. And you usually do the outros. Well, I'll uh, do that for you right now. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. Can SmackDown maintain this momentum? Could we have a week with both Raw and SmackDown being five out of five shows? I'm not sure it's ever happened. Not in our lifetime of doing this show. Nuh-uh. Maybe people can correct us on that because a lot of people uh, have listened to these shows more than once. And I can't remember what happened last week, let alone last year. I think um, Steve Austin came back. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow with a SmackDown review. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.